Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Overtime. Overtime is our weekly podcast where we get to do a little bit deeper dive into the weekend message. So we are excited that you're joining us for episode number 68. Thanks so much for being here. As always, one of the things that we like to do is give you a couple announcements before we jump into what we covered this past weekend, which was Happy Strife, Happy Life. You sound good with the 68. Why do you do, you do that? Because Kerry Newhall tells us the episodes each time. You, you know sound what? Like Kerry Newhall I, just did now. I sound like it? Yeah, I feel I like, like oh, I'm getting in, yeah. into a rhythm of saying yeah. the same thing yeah, each yeah, time sorry, we sorry, open. Sorry. So yeah. uh, until Josh interrupts me, I had a great, like, whatever that those things are called a mono uh whatever i can't think of it but anyway so we are glad that you're here a couple quick announcements that we just want to draw your attention to is that one if you are watching this through our website or you're listening to it through our website you may have noticed that our website is slightly changed we just launched a brand new website it's just slightly different from the one that it was still the same website clc family still the same Church. people on it yeah oh. still the same people a lot of the same information is there but you may see a little bit more information and a little bit better organized way so we want to point you to that clcfamily.church um, Christian Hessling has been working real hard on that. So it looks really good. Check that out. You should be able to find everything that you need. If you have questions or if you see something that looks slightly off, please let us know. Um, and we'd be happy to kind of yeah, help you with that. Fluid. Through it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a little bit different world because of COVID. So we're trying to even our website reflect that a little bit more in ways that you can kind of get connected in that. So one of the things that I will say on there and I want to draw your attention to is that you may or may not know, but weekly we have uh, small groups for our elementary kids, for our middle school kids and our high school kids. So if you have a child or you know somebody that is in one of those age groups that you think it would be yeah. a benefit for them to be a part of, we would encourage you to check out our website. Each of those groups has their own page on this revamped website. Or if you can't find that page and you want more information, just contact us, info at clcfamily.church. Shoot, you can even email us at overtime at clcfamily.church. If you have questions, call us. We'll get you the answer. We'll get you pointed in the right direction and help you out any way that we can. Uh, the last thing that we'll just mention is that we are pretty excited this week. We're kind of starting a brand new series. It's kind of because we just finished four weeks of Happy Strife, Happy Life. Now we're going to be jumping into a new series called Happy Strife, Happy Life Plus. And you don't have to pay a subscription fee. There, there is no subscription fee. So we are excited about jumping into it, kind of taking what we've learned so far and then even expanding that and going a little bit bigger. So pretty excited. Don't want to give away any of that, but we'd love to see you on Sundays. Um, or you can catch us on our website, on our media channel, if you can't be there in person or you can't catch us live um, through our website. So yeah, we're pretty excited about all yeah. the things that are happening. If you've got questions, please let us know. We'd love to have you be a part of it. And yeah, that's kind of all the announcements that yeah, we have. Yeah, so the new graphic on the Happy Strike, Happy Life. Plus, I still haven't seen that. Has the balloon crashed? Have you not seen it? So I the balloon is yet. floating in the water, and there's these, these four people kind of floating in a basket. And it's this uh, widowed lady, the centurion woman, this mm. uh, or centurion man. John the Baptist is with them, and a prostitute. All are there. And we're going to look like, we're going to kind of dive into these four lives and look mm. at how they have responded in sequence to strife we're gonna learn some neat stuff about it and hope you're learning some stuff about it which leads me to where we are now yeah kind of landing the plane on the first round of the series of jesus's big talk right and so i uh, got two different kind of categories of jesus's big sermons uh one's called the sermon on the mount found in matthew chapter five six and seven and then uh this one in uh 
uh, Luke chapter, I think we're in chapter six, uh, called the Sermon on the Plains. We don't know if they're the same. We don't know if they're different. But the thing is, is these are kind of Jesus's. This is Jesus's big talk. More than likely, he's shared this multiple times, and this is how he's teaching us to live in a new reality, right? And so you know about a new reality because you're living in one now, and the last year has brought you into that. And so Jesus is going. There's an even crazier new reality that you can live into that's for your pleasure and for your good and for God's glory. It's called the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And he is telling us how to live in it, how to experience it. And so I were to describe the Sermon on the Mount, Sermon on the Plain, this is what I'd say. I'd say, this is what your life would look like if you had absolute faith in God and absolute faith that Jesus was God and Jesus was God's son and Jesus was our Lord and Savior. And so what Jesus has done is he's literally just turned our whole worldview upside down the last few weeks and said, hey, you actually can find some happiness in the middle of conflict and pain and you can be blessed when you're at the end of your rope, when you're poor, when you're in mourning. There is joy and blessedness or happiness to be found. And then he tells us how to do it. And he talks about the way in the new paradigm, in the new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of earth, that you do that is you do a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't think you would do. Yeah, like you right. love your enemies. You Bless those who persecute you. You pray and do good and offer and lend without expectation. It is a completely different world. And what Jesus is finally going to do is he'll go, hey, hey, now that you have an understanding what I'm called you to, let me give you a really beautiful word picture so you can understand the importance of not just being hearers of these words, but doers. And so that was the big idea this week was uh, discovering, having evidence for, and enjoying the kingdom of heaven is not found in what you say, it's found in what you do. So there is a a doing responsibility that we have, and uh, kind of the big hang-up is, well, I would if I actually understood it all. And kind of part two of the two-part big idea is we place way too much value on understanding when we should place the value on obedience. In other words, obedience over understanding. Mm -hmm. You want to live in the kingdom? You just hear God's words, and you do what they say and you go but 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 and i understand there is a lot of buts and all this stuff but the, the reality is this is not going hey well jesus will help you understand it more help you do it he's actually calling you to obey these words and you can see this throughout the old testament scriptures marching around walls in jericho with joshua is a stupid war plan seven <laughs> times with a bunch of tubas that's how you're going to conquer a city but it's not about knowing and understanding it is about doing real christian practice is all about obedience in other words hearing from god which is what we've been doing and then doing what he says so we just yeah. looked at how we could do that and offered to you a real good argument for the reason that you should and imagine we'll cover that again today yeah and i do want to say thank you we've got a couple questions that i want to get to we'll kind of jump through this really i feel like part of this week's scripture was a little bit of a review because yeah. this is all kind of connected this is while while it's broken Isn't that up crazy verses, like the scriptures are connected like, <laughs> i like jesus words from yeah. that we read last week and this week they, they have something to do with each other <laughs> but these crazy. but these are challenging verses right like just even judge not like yeah. that's you, while it's simple to say and simple to read, it's hard to do, right? Because we're almost pre-programmed, it seems like, to judge others. And that's opposite. Like, we, we should be doing according to the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of earth. And so that's, if you want to be judged, then judge, judge others. But if you don't want to be judged, then don't judge. So even as we're looking at that, um, really, we looked at 
probably what were fresh verses were probably only three verses, right? Like 46 four. through 49 yeah, yeah, four. Uh, or four, something like that. 46, 47, 48, 49. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting as we go through that and as we'll look at that. Yeah, not I making a like, lot of ground this week. No. <laughs> we're like, wow, we're going to be in this till Jesus comes back. Yeah, possibly. That's right. So uh, I do think that these verses are really important. And uh, there was two big ideas that we'll get to in a second. But as you started the message this past week, you talked about kind of mob mentality. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you talked a little bit about cancel culture and in light of kind of what was happening with some game stock, the stock market and game stock. GameStop and AMC and maybe even a few others, but like, and you said that you had purchased a <laughs> I do, website. I haven't made a logo for it, which is usually I do those together. You know what? I'll be honest, Josh. I thought when you told me, he told me on Sunday morning, I think right yeah. before he preached or 830 or something yeah. like that. And I thought for sure that you had like a like a website built already yeah, that yeah. it was like at I'm the sorry. end of the message, sorry. here's the call to action yeah. and and go to nope, gracemob.com. It's nope. a good one. It's um, only seven letters, eight letters, eight letters. Yeah, that's pretty neat to get an eight letter yeah. domain name right now. Yeah. So, so anyway, for... <laughs> so that's what we've become. <laughs> that's a, so contact us for any, for, no. Um, so is there anything more that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, so I because... think we get this. I just wanted to put some words on it, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, here's what's going on in our world is people are, there are, you know, they're idle hands. We yeah. don't know what to do, and the world is complicated. And if we were to look inwards, that feels really uncomfortable. And we know something's off, and so we don't know what to do. And so what happens is we are like, we got the, you know, I tell you, I got a little demon cat in my house, and it's so weird, like to have that little laser pointer. And this little kitten just, you know, it's going after yeah. everything. And it's like that little laser, you just got to point it wherever it is. Like I can point it on the back of, you know, my dog's head, and that cat goes and gets it. So that's amusing, and all those kind of things. And, but really, it's like you point the laser focus, focus, you point the laser and it focuses. It's hard for me to get out. And uh, and the cat goes and gets it. And that's kind of what I feel like is going on with our world. Yeah, There's right, just right. so much energy, not sure what to do with it, lots of anxiety. And so if someone can just shine the light and go, go get that, then there's yeah. like these, this rabidness of doing it. And that's just all council culture is. Ah, oh, here's someone else that we can shame. Right. So we don't, and it's so ironic because you can see it throughout the, the Twitter world. I'm telling you, you should get on the internet. It's so crazy is that people will be calling out something they're actually like writers who've actually yeah. done the same thing and hasn't even thought to think i should probably check my post from a year ago before i call it this person's post and so there's all this focus is turned on someone and then the mob the whole mob just goes after it just like obliterates it and it's amazing how quickly things just get devoured yeah in that culture and so we kind of saw a little bit of the opposite depending on which side you're on here and depending on who your head your um mutual fund manager is that um that there's a bunch of people that saw greedy people take advantage of a you know a stock they're trying to short, which basically yeah. means they're betting that it will go down. And a bunch of people go, let's put all of our focus and energy on that so that we can see the gains and they can mm -hmm. see the losses. And you just see when a bunch of people put their attention on one thing and just go at it like a mob yeah. or a blob or whatever it is, just the amount of consumption that it can do in a brief in a brief period of time. And so yeah, I do think it's what if what Jesus is doing here is calling people, shining a light, yeah. and calling a bunch of people with idle hands, not sure what to do, knowing something's off, and shining the light going, here is where you should focus. Yeah. Here's the lane, all of you, all of you, right? Here's what it is, and this is so different. It's the opposite of cancel culture. It's addition culture, and then that becomes multiplication culture where everybody 
sets its marks on the brokenness of our world. And instead of offering condemnation and pain, just offers grace upon grace and love upon love and gifts upon gifts of ushering in the kingdom. Gives us a snapshot of what it's going to be one day. And so when I read that, I think about our world. It's like, ah, yeah, this in our DNA to mob up and do those things. It's just, if we could flip that over. And frankly, I think we can. And I think that's kind of the mission of the church is to flip that upside down and, you know, join hands and go and be, you know, grace bearers yeah. and love doers in our world. And so he's just going to tell us and like, remind us, this is what it looks like. You can know by the fruit. And here is what happens if you do. And here's what happens if you don't. And it's like, yeah. that's where you go. These words are true, which I think they are, by the way. Then there is a real responsibility yeah. for us right now in 2021. I thought it was a great yeah. illustration of what happened just this past week and what we're called to, yeah. right? Like, cause, cause you're right. I think the mob mentality can be crazy, but if we can take that idea, well, yeah, we of, see it like we see it at Lincoln University. Yeah, you take right. 300 people and put them in a parking lot and go, let's move everybody right. in, and right? Let's take, a, you know, or let's bake a bunch of cookies and let's yeah. just pour out love, and you just see like this, yeah astonishment that comes yeah. from and going, what? What's going on? It's like, we see small yeah. snapshots of that, but how do we and leverage that and ignite that and keep it going? And I was just going to say, even the other example that yeah. you gave, like, and I love that you used this illustration because for me, it was one of the best pictures of grace and love and forgiveness that I've ever seen. It was oh, the Amish schoolhouse right. shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was, and I, gosh, that was, it had to be eight, 10 years ago. Like, yeah, it was a while ago, but just that story, especially here, because we're like 45 minutes from it. I remember yeah. passing like we were traveling at that point. We were passing by and seeing all of the media coverage. But just the love that the Amish community showed to this to this family that they th these Amish families just experienced yeah. tragedy and loss. Yet in their loss and in their grieving and in their difficulty, they express express such love and grace and forgiveness to this, to this woman and her family that was, as a believer, it was amazing to see. Yeah. It was awe-inspiring. It was like, yeah. I, I just think it was one of the, outside of what Christ has done for us, it's probably the greatest example of love and grace and forgiveness that I've ever seen. Yeah. So I, I thought that those were two great illustrations of going, hey, this is Thanks. this is what could be like what the world does. Yeah. But what if it was opposite of what the world does and it was a culture that does give grace? And so you hear that and you go, oh, 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 what is yeah. God, I want that. But I don't yeah, I want to be know part of what that. to do. How yeah, do I do that? Right. Josh, assemble that. You know, like, yeah, right. Hey, OK, that's great. You all assemble it. And I was like, oh, I think, well, I want us to do that. Hear me. I think what I don't want to hear in the mob approach is i gotta wait for the mob yeah. to come and consume me in it it's like yeah what if you are the first follower what if you're yeah. the leader in that and from what i can read the scriptures it certainly seems like this is personal responsibility yeah. and ownership not if everybody else is doing it i'll do it as well so that's one of the yeah, dangers right, of right. i want to make sure that you are an initiator of the kingdom of god in this world not just a responder to it. Yeah. And so that ties into kind of uh, the kingdom of God is the opposite of what this world is. And that ties into the big idea that you had for this week. You said the big idea is, and, and I might have this wrong, but discovering and having evidence of the enjoyment of the kingdom of heaven. And it's not in saying things, but in doing things. Yep, not found in what you say, found in what you yeah. do. And we know that. You, yeah. Some of you are really tired of your spouse telling you, that they'll keep doing something or that they won't do that anymore. Or they're sorry for it. Or 
I do love you or whatever it is and going, well, that's interesting because your behavior certainly says something different. And we understand this, that, yeah. I mean, we, we evaluate things on, you know, uh, not just motives, but on act, the actual evidence of what's happened. Yeah. And so this isn't like, like mind blowing. It's just the reality of the world is the way that you experience things is not in what you say or talk about it. It's in what you do and experience. Yeah. And so it makes sense that uh, Jesus flipping up the paradigm of how you do it, flipping it upside down. But there still is a call there not to say more, no more. It's to actually do the things that you say that you believe. So, yeah, yeah I think it's a, it's practical, I think, more yeah, than... Yeah, absolutely. I do. I feel like my first question is that one of the things that we talked about in 43 through 45, it's, mm-hmm. so it talks about a tree and bearing fruit, and that's really how we're, we're starting to talk about, you know, not just saying but doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are also, at the end of 45, it says, for, for the mouth speaks from... From the heart, or sorry, I'm in NIV, but it, the NIV says, "For yeah. the mouth speaks, what the heart is full yeah. of." So yeah, out of the abundance of the heart, yeah. his mouth speaks. Right? I'm yeah. gonna switch that. That literally is Jesus is quoting you know, the scripture of the Old Testament. So, Proverbs, so, yeah. so I guess the what is I guess the balance there because what I hear is fruit, but also there is an importance to the words that we speak too. I guess. Is that just a balance or a tension that as believers we live in? Is there one over the other that we should be focused on? Like, is it about the words that I speak make me impure? Or is it the actions that I do? Or is it both? Yeah, so I'm just walking through the scripture. So biblical theology says, well, there's power of life and death in the tongue, right? Right, We can actually go back and look at cancel culture. And man, there are grown people who have... Like their lives have been wrecked because of words that have slipped out of their mouth on a yeah. golf course yeah. or on Twitter or in a moment they didn't realize that they were being listened to, right? Literal words coming out of their mouth has caused death for their, you know, their their dreams, their hopes, their jobs, all these kind of things. And so both biblically, practically, we, we see those things. So we do know that there is something about our words. So but if you think about what Jesus is gonna say in just a second, there is there is this input, right? And then there's an output, yeah, right? And so what we have here is our output should eventually be do what was what we're hearing, right? So what Jesus is, what's really neat about this is you actually can look at what you're saying to investigate whether or not you're hearing. So yeah. so complicated, right? Because uh, so because he says whoever hears these words of mine, so we know that. So you go, well, how do I know if I'm hearing these words and putting on practice? Like, am I actually receiving this? And it's going, well, what's in you is what is coming out of you yeah. so input determines output yeah. right don't like it but you know what your bank is up input determines output so something is putting that in you if it's coming out of you maybe it's someone else maybe it's your own you know your own thoughts maybe it's the stuff you're watching the things you're playing the things you're reading i don't know but there is there's a relationship between what's coming out and then what's inside and so the, the first step of this before we actually hear Jesus is, you know, land the plane and go, here's what this looks like. And here's why this matters. Here's the promises. Here's the rewards. Here's the warnings. It's first going, well, do I actually have this rooted in my life? And I go, the first place to look is what comes out of you. Yeah. Particularly what comes out of you when you're squeezed, right? We know yeah, this. Right. Like if I, were to take a, if I were to take a sponge, put it in a bunch of urine, and then squeeze the sponge and you go, oh, where'd that urine come from? Well, it's what was put in it, right? Like, I don't know why I use urine there, right? <laughs> they go, urine trouble. This, this is a- Mountain Dew for the record, yeah. okay? Just- uh, so, but you know this idea that when you're squeezed, what's yeah. in you is what's going to come out. And so what we got here in these first few verses is Jesus is talking to religious people yeah. and he is helping them understand whether or not they're religious or they're 
going to be his followers, mm. right? So he, these are these are people who believe that they're godly. Yeah, they're people that believe they do right. They're people that like you and I that go to church, even write our checks, join a home fellowship group or community group, maybe volunteer every once in a while and go, ah, oh, we're good. And she's going, you want to know if you're good, right? And so yeah. this is this isn't hey the way that you're good is you say nice things. It's going hey when no one else is watching, when that reaction happens, not in your performance. But in that moment where it's like, oh, that just came out of me, what what comes out of you? What is your reaction when you're squeezed or pressed? Yeah. So the benefit to what we have here, so yeah, it's a marriage of both, but really what we're doing, what we're seeing here is not have anything to do with Jesus trying to teach us how he can like us more, right? Yeah, He's actually right. going, you want to know which category you fall in. Yeah. Let's look at your fruit. Mm -hmm. Okay, first that part of fruit is what actually are you producing in a good way? And you go, I don't know what I'm producing. Okay, how about this? Look at what comes out of your mouth mm. when that person cuts you off. Okay, now all of a sudden you can go in and go, oh, yeah. there is something in my heart. And so in all these things, what we have to see is like, imagine the tree, the root ball is our heart, yeah. right? For all else, guard your heart for the wellspring of life. So this isn't what, what, this isn't a checklist to how we make God happy with yeah, us. Right, this right. is a litmus or a, an, or, a gauge. Know, yeah, yeah. Go, where am I at? The rubric on where am I at in this? So. It'd be one of one of guard us from is going, oh, you know, I gotta I gotta produce fruit, yeah. produce yeah, fruit, yeah. produce fruit. It's going, no, 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 that's not how it works. You actually can't produce the fruit. This is where it gets complicated. But Jesus tells us uh, uh, through you know Paul as he talks about the fruit of this, and he says the fruit of the spirit, and then we get this really right. complicated and beautiful list of attributes. But it's the fruit of the spirit in us, not us producing it. And so yeah. the first step is, am I religious or am I cross Christ follower? Well. You have to look at the evidence of these things and okay yeah. if this comes out of me oh and then now he's gonna give us even more fruit are you loving are you doing good and so now right. we see the list of those right. things and they're a gauge more than um a a call to legalism or performance yes yeah, right yeah. so it's not in that sense it's not about the actions or the words yeah it's about your heart right yeah right. and so this is where it's gonna be complicated even this about the doing it's okay no one's gonna yeah. do wait well, let me get all the way through this because it is about right. what you do, but there's a motivation for why you right. do it right. that we have right. to sort through. Yeah. And as you're talking about it, like one of the videos that I had watched, it was a, a sermon from by Andy Stanley. It was Mr. and Mrs. Mug. I think I watched oh, yeah. as, yep. as my... Pink and Blue. Yeah, Pink and yeah. Blue. It was and, in the iMarriage series. Yeah, yep. the iMarriage series. That's all right. So uh, I, we, my wife and I did that as we were you know, yeah. getting ready to, to get married at the time. And it was, that's exactly it. You bumped what, into me. Yeah, what, yeah. When you're bumped, what comes out of you is not, yeah, yeah. even if it's something that you think is from the other person, what comes out of you is yeah. from what's in you. Um, and I think that that's such a, for me, what I what yeah. I find is that the words that I do speak is a, a gauge of how I'm doing. Yeah. Because if I'm agitated, I'm angry, if I'm upset, if I'm just not in a healthy place, then the words that come yeah. out, it's like, woo, where did that come from? So I guess my question becomes, and I don't, I feel like we've talked about it and you did talk about it and we'll probably get to it later, but just as maybe a very simple question of going, if you're a believer and what you recognize is that your gauge is pointing at, man, you're not liking what's coming out of you, but you identify as a believer and you want to live in a way that honors and glorifies God. But right now you're, you're seeing your gauge on empty or you're yeah. seeing it down. What, what steps need to be taken or should be taken or what do you need to do to change that so that your gauge would be where it would bring honor and glory? Not that you're trying to get, not trying to look perfect because yeah. it's about, but how do you do that in the right heart and attitude? That's a great question. I think it's really helpful. And 
go back to the first couple of weeks of kind of this convincing of, hey, I think God wants you to live in his kingdom in the here and now, right? Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is available to us now. And so kind of the premise we've been using is uh, there's a here, kingdom of earth, and there, kingdom of heaven. And then there's this doorway that kind of all of us kind of walk into it so many yeah. different times. And in those moments, we've decided whether to walk into the kingdom of heaven or go back to the, the kingdom we came from, the one that's familiar. And so I just said, hey, the really good thing about pain is it's actually just a, it, it's just an indicator, yeah, right. uh, you know, that you are now in this process of, you know, you are, you, you're right in the doorway, right to where blessings are going to be and everything. But you just got to walk through in that. And so you go, okay, well, how do I go from here to there? And it's yeah. a couple of different things. It's first clarity. And then courage. And the more clarity you have, the less courage you need. That's the things we've been talking about. And so the really brilliant things about what you're asking is, oh, did that just come out of me? Guess what that is? Yeah. That's clarity, right? right? right. So this isn't, you read this and feel shame. Maybe right. you do, right. but you shouldn't. That's not what God wants you to He just is going, hey, could we, could you be brave enough to first kind of peek in, right? And get some clarity about your current state. And so... When that comes out of us, first we should repent and apologize if there is a receiver of that death spoken. Right? Everything mm -hmm. we speak is either life or death. We're either covering it up or uncovering it, right? So there's a response to that. But even beyond that, you go, ah, oh, now I have some clarity that there is something going on in my heart. Why did that make me so mad, right? Why did that? So now all of a sudden, this is an invitation for us to start processing what's going on in our heart. And somewhere in our heart, it's a place that we don't trust Jesus, right? with our value, with our future. And so it gives us the opportunity to go and go, why did that come out of me? And so it gives us clarity. And so Jesus is going, you yeah. want to know, what's your fruit? So this isn't, go do the good things. It's going, if you have no desire to produce, and this fruit isn't even in you, there's no motivation, we got to take a step back and go and investigate what's going on in your heart. And so the long setup to a simple and short answer for your question is well then you probably need to change the input hmm. right yeah. and more than likely this was the input we're talking about is you need to change your own self-talk hmm. right the input typically is you know when it says take every thought captive that is yeah, not yeah. just a suggestion or a cute thing it is going why in the world am i allowing those inputs into me so in those things it's probably i'm if that's coming out of me i it's going into me and the only one who gets determined what goes into me is me yeah. right and so there is there's something wrong with your filter hmm. or something wrong with your mouth just telling me these things and so that those things could eventually be great gifts from the lord to go oh i'm close to the doorway but there's something about this input that's going into me that's wreaking havoc on my heart and the reason i know it is is because the evidence of the lack of fruit in my life yeah yeah i feel like that makes sense i feel like the, the question then becomes yeah. And each I'm trying to think of an individual situation. I feel like I'm obviously kind of filtering it through through my situations that yeah. I've experienced in life. So what what would you say to somebody that feels like they're stuck in their current situation? Like, how do we change it? Like if it's uh, I don't know, I'm trying to trying to think of a good example of one where you just feel like you're stuck in a situation. You can't change it. And you recognize that, man, you're not in a good emotional place, headspace or heart space, whatever you want to say. How yeah. do you go about that? Well, let me tell you how you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay? Okay. Alone. Yeah. Right? right. So it really is. I mean, it, fundamentally, it's really the simple going. Hey, yeah. As you experience point. these things, oh, that's going off in me. Something's got to change. Yeah. I got to talk about that. Right. So first you talk to God and, you know, it says if you 
Confess your sins with your mouth. God is faithful and just and will forgive you of your sins. You're forgiven. But in James, after talking about wisdom, you go, how do I do this? It actually talks also about confessing our sins one to another. Yeah. That you may find healing. Mm. In other words, your heart's broken. It's dirty. How do you do that? Well, you actually invite someone else in to your life. And this is, I mean, there's a lot of evidence on this. This is probably the only thing many of you need to hear. And I keep forgetting that I don't share this enough. The opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It is not. It's not sobriety, right? Uh, because addiction is connection to something that you think yeah. will sustain you. So the opposite of addiction is actually connection, healthy connection. And so, you know, if you if you struggle with addiction in any way, most of the times you do those things are alone or in private. And the solution now that there's evidence of this in the world is the way by which you find healing. Why Alcoholics Anonymous works is because you're inviting community around it. Yeah, and so yeah. if you're going, I just get stuck here. So my guess is you're trying to get out of that ditch, mm. out of that situation all by yourself. And you go, yeah, but I got to. If my wife knew that, mm. if my children knew that, if my coworker knew that, I'd go, here's kind of really important understanding. The only reason you don't confess is because you don't really understand the dangers and pain that concealment actually causes. Yeah. Right? And so maybe that's all you need to do today is go, yep, that's it. Okay, be hearers and yeah. doers. If the scripture tells me that it's not good for man to be alone and I'm struggling with this by myself, then I got to invite someone else into it. So yeah, yeah I don't think you're going to find complete healing. If I, can, I, I know you won't without connection yeah, to actual I think, humans. I so, think that that's good. Yeah. That community has yeah. always been something that helps. Um, I, I do want to jump into, we've got two questions from some of our listeners. Um, that I want to jump into kind of along the lines, but maybe slightly different. Okay. Um, the first one, it says, uh, you know, it says, it seems that what we say is quite important, important kind of lists a couple different scripture verses. Um, and it says, my question is if I love do good, bless, pray, lend. And these are all things that we talked about within the message Am merciful, judge, not condemn, not forgive and give for the benefits. Jesus is, Jesus promises me here and now in the kingdom of heaven as Jesus is coming with his reward to give to everyone according to his work, that's Revelations 22, 12. Yeah, yeah. Then would such a selfish motivation negate the reward for such good deeds? So basically, if I'm doing all of these things for, um, as long as I'm understanding it correctly, doing all of these things for my own good works or to get these rewards here and now, does it negate the rewards that I would get in heaven? Uh, you won't. Okay. I mean, I, I, no, no, not the rewards. I'm saying you won't actually do those things. Okay. Not to be offensive okay. to whoever's asking the question, but like, no, you just won't. Like, yeah. I understand because that boy, this is a world that I've lived in because I am, I, I don't know. Maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's just being broken. I want to fix everything. I'm the guy who got one of those kinkasaurs or alters your mouth, and like my tongue is on it the whole time. It's like, <laughs> feel that pain. Feel that pain. What does that mean? That kind of thing. And so, like, I am diving in everything. It's just part of me, like introspection. I just got a lot of important thoughts, and very few people who want to hear them. So I'm just thinking them all myself. And so the reality is that I'm always checking my motivation and all that kind of stuff. And so the first thought is, well, if you have impure motives, yeah, it seems weird because you got to check your heart. But here's what we just read. Is that out of the overflow of your heart, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And speaking is easier than doing, right? So speaking is easier, really, really important. But doing is harder than speaking. And what Jesus just said is the only way you want to speak good things is out of the abundance of your heart. So therefore, we can imply, yes, doing is going to be even harder. But it also comes from the same root ball. And so what I would say is that's just not sustainable. Okay. It's not you. It's not sustainable to always 
do good. And you know this. I know this because some of you do, and there is deep bitterness in your heart. Mm. You are so annoyed at people who don't do all the stuff you do. You're so annoyed at the amount of junk you have to pick up after other people, right? So if you read this whole list, there is it is impossible to do all this. Love, do good, bless, pray, land, and be merciful, and not judge or condemn. And so what, what I'm trying to communicate is the way that you probably would view this is this great news. Oh, Jesus, I'm give this to us. It's kind of like a credit card. You're like, oh, I could spend that. Yeah, 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 I'll give it, I'll give it. Eventually, you're going to reach your limit. <laughs> and unless there's a new credit put into you, there is not going to be anything left to come out of you. So I, I get the question and I understand that. What I'm just saying is if you find that you still have the resources available to love and do good and lend and pray for those who want to harm you, you might be challenged and think it's your own motivation, but I promise you, if you sustain that for any length of time, the only way you can is out of the overflow of your heart. And so... Great question, but the reality is you will, I will, we will all run out of funds if it's, if we're required to continue to put the same inputs into us. I, I feel like that's on some level comforting yeah. because I feel like I can't do it. Like, uh, man, yeah. I, I've tried and yeah. I haven't done well. Like, I keep, yeah. keep finding myself going, man, how did I get here where I just mouthed off again? Mm. Or, uh, you know, I said something in traffic that I shouldn't have said, like, it's on some level, it's comforting because it's not that I'm going to arrive on this side of eternity. Yeah, and so then one of the dangers, and I don't know that I did a great job this Sunday, but you know, I'm trying to be mindful of time and all those kind of things. One, one of the dangers, though, is the first thing I'm going, I got to do. Okay, Josh said not to yeah. say do. Yep, absolutely. But what I don't want to get lost in this is Jesus right in the middle of telling this parable, really important. The first thing he talks about is fruit, but even in the fruit, he talks about what is going into your heart. Right. So we have to see the doing as connected to the overflow or abundance of our heart. Right. And so while this is a really beautiful, you know, parable to go, oh, I got to put this into practice. The reality is when Jesus says, whoever hears these words of mine, meaning they actually have come into me and they have, you know, transformed my heart. And so, you know, James, Jesus' brother, he gives a really interesting analogy and says, whoever doesn't do these things is like a person who looks in the mirror and forgets what they look right, like. I was right. like, what does that mean? And what that means is that someone who literally has made themselves up so much mm -hmm. that when they walk out, like when, when all the makeup's off, they're like, I don't even recognize me. How yeah. can someone else recognize me? And so there comes a point where the amount of work that requires is just beyond what we're capable of. And I would say where I'd watch it the most is in the, judgment and condemnation, hmm. right? While I will do those things, while I'll give my resources away, while I'll pray even, I am. I find myself so irritated at those folks and their behavior and wondering why hmm. it will never change. So I think that's really gracious of God and really hard to look yeah. at. Yeah, so, so if I can play devil's advocate yeah. though, if, if you won't arrive at you know all of the, this list of things that we should do, but it's not even about the, the doing, it's about the heart behind it, behind it why, why do I try to do these things? Like, how do I how do I go about life if I'm not going to arrive there? Do I need to try? Like, why should I try? I guess so. Just play devil's advocate there. Yeah. So a couple of different things. Let me go back to the analogy of the iPhone, right? It's yeah. Like the obedience over understanding. Understanding can weigh in obedience. Yeah. Can't. And so the first thing is. Uh, the heart piece isn't that you understand everything, right? Yeah. It's that you trust the one 
who's giving hmm. the commands. Like, for example, it's like my son can say, well, I mean, if I don't really want to do it, why should I make my bed? Well, I don't understand bed making, but I, 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 let me use this analogy. Sorry. I'm like, why should I clean up my room? I don't know. Well, because there is another piece that's beyond just whether or not I understand it or because I've been transformed. There is a piece that says, I trust the one giving the commands. Yeah. So would, yeah. Th- there is a piece of, while this is hard for me, I trust the one who's giving the commands. And as he's given those commands, what I am trusting is I am not going to go bankrupt. Yeah. Okay, this is Jesus' cash. This thing's not, so yeah. as I spend it, and I'm talking about figuratively, but maybe literally too, I am trusting that there is a well that will continue yeah. to supply. The problem is you won't know if there's a well that will continue to supply without doing it. And so this is, can't see the whole staircase, right? This is why obedience matters more than understanding. With an iPhone, you go, well, you go, I don't understand it. I don't know. Well, I mean, why, why would I even make the call? I mean, because I don't know. I don't know if it'll sustain the call. I mean, what if I run out of minutes? Whatever those things are. It's yeah, like, well, yeah. you only know if you do those things and you do those things long before you understand how they completely work. And so this is that complicated dance that yeah. people want me to resolve for them. Okay. Yeah. Is it that's gotten know everything? Then why should I pray? Well, right, right. Because the scriptures yeah. tell me to pray. Well, if he knows anything, like, why should I pray? Right. That doesn't really matter. I mean, if he's going to do what he's going to do, why should I pray? Well, because the scriptures tell me to pray. And somehow in this exchanging wishes, there's a lot more happening than Jesus going, oh, yep, oh, no. Yeah, right. There is this supply that's happening to our heart. So I think the biggest yeah. piece is, do I have enough equity in my life to do the things God's called me to do and trust that he's going to be the ones to supply the, the credits, right? And so I yeah. think it's, well, because he's told us to, and the only way you're going to experience the fruit of that is by walking and trusting him yeah. in it because you have, he has your heart. Yeah. Right? So it's in that obedience, even if it's impossible, it's in that obedience that our heart is changed towards him, that we grow, that we we experience the grace that he has to offer us. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I, yeah, I think so. And so, like, I mean, I think about this in so many different categories. And there's this, well, I need, I want Jesus to, I want Jesus to be real in my life. I believe yeah. he is real in my life. And as a result that I believe he's real, I believe there's a different way to live than what, I used to live. So I believe that he is Lord yeah. and I believe he has a kingdom. And when the king is in charge, I do what the king says. That's why the Lord and no can't happen. And as I follow him at, in his lordship, I trust that he'll continue to give me the resources that are necessary. So if you find that you are trying to do some of these things and the Lord is not giving you the resources necessary, the reality is, is because you're probably trying to do this with the wrong motivation and going, I'm going to do this myself. This is to make God happy with me. And you've lost sight of it. There's this should be this desire at some point of our life to go, we trust the king. And so we're just mm. going to obey what he says. And we're going to trust that we're going to have all the resources necessary when we get around the corner. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I want to get to kind of the, the second big idea. And we've already touched on it. You yeah. said in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, we choose obedience over understanding. I really want to dive yeah. into that. But before we do that, uh, I want to ask one more question from our listener. And it says this. It says, is repentance necessary? When we forgive others, we let go of the pain that we cause ourselves by holding on to our anger or resentment. But if they don't learn from the right lessons, or but if they don't learn the right lessons from what they did, doesn't that encourage repeat offenses? So yes, uh, repentance is necessary. There is absolutely no way you can experience or enjoy or live in the kingdom of heaven without repentance. 
Jesus literally says, John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of God is near. So the only way that you can enjoy anything in the kingdom of heaven is to repent. But that repentance is for you and I as we repent to enjoy the kingdom of heaven. It is not our responsibility, which is should be relieving because we're not capable of requiring or demanding that other people repent. Now, the sadness for them is they will not enjoy the kingdom of heaven. Mm. However, in the kingdom of heaven, once you repent, there is a way by which we live. We love, we do good, we bless, we pray, we lend. Because that's what Jesus has done in our heart. We can't help but do those things. And so we go, but we can't do those to those people if they don't repent. I'd go, well, praise God, that's not how Jesus looked at the formula. Yeah. Right? Because it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Jesus did all these things long before repentance. In fact, it was his loving kindness that led to our repentance. Yeah, right. And so I think what gets hard is going, well, if I do this, will they not repent? Well, if I do this, I'll enable them or I'll do this. It's going to do there, There's some real responsibilities that that's why I love the first one is, you know, love your enemies. Love. Yeah. And so it's going to see them the way that God sees them. Agreement is not love. Tolerance is not love. Let me give you a real quick example. I'm celebrating 15 years of marriage. It would have devastated me on my 15th anniversary if, if Julie goes, glad we're married. I still tolerate you. What? You know, like, so that, so the, the first primary response is love. How do I love people? How do I care for them? How do I help them in that? Doesn't mean convict them, doesn't call them to repentance, but it does mean we don't do things just so they'll like us or do yes. things just so. That, that will appease them. There is a level that we go, if I could see as God sees, how would he want me to respond to this person, right? Doesn't mean I'm going to give them everything they want. They don't need crack cocaine, right? But <laughs> I'm going to love them. And so our job never is to require our demand or even try to hold someone's hand and drag yeah. them to the place of repentance. Repentance is only for those of us who yeah. live in the kingdom of God. That is the punch ticket, right? In that moment, we go, been in the wrong kingdom. I'm changing my thoughts. I'm changing my behavior. I'm doing a 180. And go and live in the kingdom of heaven. So that's where the question gets a little convoluted. Yep, repentance is required. And unfortunately, not everyone will do it. Yeah. But in that, one of the one of the parables I love most, or fables, is um, Aesop's fable. That, and you're familiar with it. It's the, the one of the wind and the sun arguing about who's greater, right? And they're going, I'm greater, I'm greater. And the wind's like, I'm greater. And so they had this plan. They see this guy and go, whoever can make that guy take off his coat. Right, you know, you know the. You know I the don't people. actually know. Okay, guy walking on the road. Whoever can make. Oh okay, yeah, you're homeschooled. You have to read this. <laughs> right? Every whoever can make this guy take off his coat wins. So the wind goes. I'll go first. And so the wind, like, what guy walking on the road? He huffs and he puffs. Like you know, this is make believe. There's not like yeah, a wind right, yet. Right. Uh, blowing and blowing. And what does the guy do? He holds the coat tighter. He lays in the fetal position and he just holds it, holds it, holds it tight. And the wind keeps blowing. And no matter what, that guy is holding onto his coat. I don't know how long it takes an hour, a minute, a day, and then he goes, okay, I can't do it. The sun goes, my turn. What does the sun do? He just shines. He just comes out, creates a nice, safe environment, and the guy goes, I'd actually be a lot more comfortable if this coat wasn't on, right? And so we want to think about that and go, well, in terms of that mentality, do you think yeah. loving, doing good, blessing, praying, lending, mercy, being merciful, judging not, and condemning not, and forgiving, giving is a better environment for people to go, Yeah, boy, I actually feel safe, right? So when we think about how we participate in the kingdom of heaven, the way that I'd like for us to think about it and see it is like a baby's incubator, hmm. right? If you think about a baby's incubator, the reason a baby being in an incubator is because their body and their growth cannot sustain itself. 
But you know what's crazy is the incubator doesn't fix the baby. It doesn't do anything. What does it do? It just creates a nice, safe space for that baby to grow and transform. Yeah. So when we view it and go, what God's calling us to is to build environments of love and grace that helps people, helps people come to a place of repentance, helps people to come to those yeah. things. So we can't demand it. Boy, we want to, want to pray for it. But the only place that we can really think about repentance is within ourselves. Yeah. And then love and beg the Lord to make himself known to people in that place. I, I do want to throw out this question. Yeah. It's from Mag, who literally just uh, eight minutes ago, nine minutes ago, put this on there. So thanks for the live feed. Uh, they asked this question. They said, and if you're trying and the no. recipient of your efforts doesn't want your effort efforts, what do you do? Ah, yeah. Thanks for asking that. Yeah. It's a really good question. And um, I think it goes to that same kind of thing, right? Like, let's say... We just told the fable. Yeah. Let's say we want, we know that it's better for that person to take off their coat, right? Yeah. We know you received this. The reality is, is that force actually is going to close someone up yeah. more than um, open them up, right? And yeah. so I would just, my advice, and this is the advice, I'm going through the scriptures and God, I forget, Lord, is there anything here specifically that you would do there? I think ultimately there's two things you know, it can be loving and gracious. You also are allowed to have boundaries. So you're allowed to say, in our house, in our home, in our place, this is how we operate. Yeah. And anything outside of that, it's it's fair for you to have boundaries. Boundaries are very loving. I mm -hmm. promise you that. I promise you, promise you, promise you, right? Because like, giving your one-year-old free reign of everything <laughs> and not putting something around the fireplace yeah. is not loving. Boundaries are very loving. So there's ways by which you have to operate, should operate, in terms of being loving. Mm -hmm. But... I, there are people are have their own personhood yeah. and if we can set boundaries they can too right yeah. and so what makes sense to me is that we would honor people's boundaries now i would argue that it's probably worthwhile to be candid about that go hey i really do want you to feel loved and cared for but it feels like that is not something you want to receive is that accurate hmm. and they go yep yeah, not interested you go okay okay that's fine and in fact we'll get to it uh on easter Jesus sends out the 12 and sets a two to go love the community. And it tells them to go find people of peace, yeah. people who are open to that love and care. And he says, if they aren't, then shake the dust off your boots and keep on heading down the road and go find someone else who is. And so there does come a time that you go, oh, this is not a person of peace. This is not someone who's receiving this. I put on a level and I've shared that with them. And, but I've given them permission to decide what they want to receive and what they want to be around. And they're allowed to do that. But I still have energy and time to go and follow God's word. And I'm going to find other recipients to yeah. do that with. Yeah. I don't know if you have other stuff. No, I think that's good. And I appreciate all the questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, looking at the time, I do want to kind of move on. So okay. um, the whole idea of choosing obedience over understanding, you use some illustrations where you talked about, you know, an iPhone where you don't know, understand how it works, but you still use it. You don't wait to use it. You're Zoom. doing it right now. You don't know how yeah. this works. No. Yeah. No, the Instagram works, but we're using yeah. it. So, but there's this struggle when we kind of apply that to what God would call us to do. Like where, while we would use an iPhone or Zoom, we don't necessarily follow what God would have for us because we don't understand. Yeah, Why do you think just understand. Just, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, just that was it. Why is that so difficult? Because I agree. I feel like when God calls me to do something, it's like, mm, but... Yeah. So it's like, why can some families argue about sports teams but can't argue about religion, right? Mm -hmm. you, well, there's another analogy. What are you talking about? Because 
the consequences are so much greater, right? Yeah. And I go, you don't believe this, you're going to burn in hell, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, what? And, you know, like, well, that seems a little bit more uncomfortable. Sorry, that's going to have to die in just a second. Um, so that that has a much more significant weight. Yeah. So try the iPhone. It's low-hanging fruit. If it works, great. If it doesn't, oh, well, I'll go to a droid device or I'll go to a Rolodex and a carrier pigeon, right? Whatever those things are, you, you have those choices. And so in those things, it's like, yeah, they're not perfect analogies. You might miss out on something in the Grand Canyon, but I haven't been to the Grand Canyon. It's not that big of a deal. However, when we're talking about this stuff, the consequences are really, really great yeah, in right. that, hey, this is Jesus calling us to live this way. And he tells us there's two options. You can live this way, and when the storms come, you're going to have a strong foundation. Or when they don't, you're going to not have a strong foundation. And so in those things, it's, there's pretty heavy consequences. And when some of these, meaning love, do good, land, that means resources that belong to you, you are charitably given away to someone else. And therefore, you don't have the resources anymore. And so... It would make sense to me that this requires more courage. And this is why I'm just going to go back to that's the beauty of the church. The church is a place that can underwrite people's faith, right? Like, I'll tell you that. Listen, hear me now. If you feel like God's calling you to do something and it doesn't work, I promise you you won't be homeless. I promise you won't be hungry. I literally have a basement with a bathroom and a little small kitchen. You can live in it. I'm not even kidding. If you're chasing after God, and so in all these different things, the really beautiful part about this is it's kind of like we got some bumpers and some yeah. training wheels, and that, that doesn't happen in the outside world because that's what the Christian family does is we pick each other up, we care for each other, and we go, you can do it, we can help. So there is some ways by which we can go, hey, you can be called that. And on the other side of it, it's blessed are the pure in heart for they'll see God. I, am, I guarantee you, if your heart's pure in this, you will see God in it. But before you take that step, it would make sense because there's a lot of weight. It changes your family. It changes your future. It changes your bank account. It changes your reputation. And so the weight and the cost of this is yeah. much more significant. And yet, 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 Jesus then offers this reward and this promise and this warning. So I would say the weight of not doing it is so much greater and so much more significant. Yeah. But I can't convince you of that. I have right, a hard enough right. time convincing myself of that. Right, right. So uh, you talk about that warning and that promise. So it, what, what? just kind of real quick, what were those warnings and promises? Yes, yeah, right? so we got uh, one really good. Now I should have said there's a promise and a reward, promise and a you know, okay. and like So in both sense, the, the, the promise or warning, both of them is uh, a storm will come. Yeah. Right. So you go, I, I've been wondering about the pain thing. I was like, no, no, here it says when yeah. the storms come. And if you have any age on you, you know that storms come. Like I'm celebrating a, a, a new year, 40, because, but storms are all over my Today, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, Happy yeah. birthday, Josh. Yeah, so thanks for those of you who said that. was really kind of you. Yeah, but uh, so 39 was a year of storms, right? And so yeah. I was going, man. But depending on your foundation, the way by which you weather those things. So God is just saying, they are coming. Yeah. Batten down the hatches. This is not like the, the you know, the big scary things that people decide to you know, shelter in place, thinking it's going to blow over. He's going, there are storms. And the result of those storms are binary. Hmm. Choose your adventure. A, <laughs> have your whole life, your whole world wrecked. Hmm. Or B, stand up with a firm foundation and not be shaking. Hmm. It is that binary, A and B. And the way that you know whether it is A or B in your life, so gracious of God, you can actually look at the fruit of your life and the evidence of you, if you are doing these things, if you hear God's word and do, does them and do them, 
This is what it says. It says, you will be able to withstand the storm. And many of you, boy, I have some people in my mind right now that I've seen you withstand storms. And I'd go, yeah, they are doers of that. And so it's not just about the doing. It's about God transforming your heart as you've done those things that makes this strong foundation. Yeah. Uh, So as we look at specifically 46 through 49, um, it's talking to Jesus starts 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Like, as you read that, like, uh, that feels like, uh, I don't want that to be me as a believer. Like, that's just intense. But then he goes on kind of the, uh, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and, uh, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruins of that house was great. And so as we looked at that kind of, uh, was there anything more in those verses that you wanted to talk about? I think the big piece there, and we talked about it, was the Lord and the no. Like, those two words just cannot coexist. If he is Lord, you don't tell him no, because he's Lord. Or if you saw him no, you just go ahead and declare that he's not really lord he yeah. might be your genie he might be your backup plan or your fire insurance but he is not lord and unfortunately it says whoever called upon the name of the lord those are the ones who are saved so if you can't call him lord then you don't have a backup plan or fire insurance so this is where it gets really complicated so it's either all or it's nothing again very binary a you're in the kingdom b you're not and the way by which you know it is you call him Lord, and you do what he says. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this feels so uncomfortable. And then gets the feedback like, hey, can we have some nicer sermons? And it's like, uh, not anytime soon, I don't think, looking at the scriptures. Because Jesus is setting up to make this revolution happen. And he yeah. is calling the people who are going to go and participate in this, who are going to trust him. And out of trusting him, we're going to respond yeah. in obedience. So, yeah, I think just the Lord know. Pretty, pretty important. And so yeah, then I would I go, yeah. So you go, which one are you? And I think there are, I've got this from J.D. Greer. There's kind of three characteristics in this of spiritual imposters. Yeah. And probably would have gotten there next anyway. But yep, yep. they don't bear spiritual fruit, yeah. right? There's just no fruit in your life, right? There's not, you're not doing good. You're not forgiven. People don't find you as gracious, right? Or two, uh, you just don't do what Jesus says. Hmm. But I don't know what Jesus says. Well, one, that's a concern because if he's Lord, it makes sense that you'd want to, get yeah. instructions from the boss, right? No one who doesn't get instructions from the boss, doesn't want to get the instructions of the boss, is going to keep their job very long. And so it's like, well, you should want that. You're like, I don't know where to do it. I'm like, ah, oh, so beautiful. Yeah. Like, how about just go back to the list that we just got? Or, you know, love, do good. There's so many yeah. things to obey here. And the third one is, uh, your faith falls apart in the storm. Which, the really good news in all three is, they're not catastrophic if you're still hearing this, right? This means... You can still repent. You can still yeah, right. turn back to Jesus and call him Lord and participate. You are not lost forever. You have, you have, this is not something that's going to, at this point, this would not ruin you for all eternity, right? Yeah, so it's right. Going, okay, how gracious of God to give me these things, this rubric, this gauge to go, man, i got to turn my heart towards him. Yeah, I did. I was just uh, literally, as you said it, that's what I was thinking. I wanted to talk about those three characteristics of a spiritual imposter. And that is such a beautiful thing that if you find, wow, I might be a spiritual imposter, it's not too late. Like just even that thought and the ability to think that 
is is something that God has given grace to you that you can turn and change and start to be in his word and start to know what he's called us to do and to bear fruit and yeah. to do what he says. And stumble through it with us, right? Yes. This is like, you right. could be one of us and we could all be great. No, you can <laughs> join the, you know, the messiness of yeah. the bumper, you know, bowling, bumbling down with other people as we kind of sort through this together. And I think that's one of the really interesting things about this parable. So on the outside, both houses look the same. Yeah. In fact, you wouldn't even know until the storm comes. Right, it's like, oh, right. no, they weren't the same. Yeah. Right? And so if you've experienced a storm, if you experience strife, it's like, oh, how gracious is that of God to give you that strife so you can point towards them. That's one of the things that we'll mm. start seeing the next couple of weeks. How gracious of God to give some situations in people's lives where they finally came to the yeah. conclusion they weren't their own Lord and Savior. Right? It's in those storms that they turn their eyes and go, oh, my, my whole world was shaken. I know I can't fix this. So there's some beauty that comes from these moments of clarity that come from moments of pain. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that I was going to just kind of point out was you asked some very pointed questions um, towards the end oh, yeah, yeah. and kind of along Those the lines are from of, JD Greer too, yeah. or are they, okay, what's your foundation built on? Yeah. And then one of the things that you said is, uh, what is it that if taken out of your life would make your life not worth it? Like that's, that's a really good, as we talk about gauges, like, man, if there's something there that it's not Jesus, man, that might be an idol in your life, right? Yeah. Like that might be something that that is what yeah, God is challenging. When I think about that, it's actually really devastating because yeah. in the middle of this COVID stuff, you just, the mm. suicide rates are so high. And yeah. literally it's people going, there's nothing in my yeah. life right now that's worth living. Like, in other words, there's yeah. some really poor foundation building that just caused a lot of ruin. And it's going, how are those people going to hear unless someone shares this news? And so it's like those people that are just struggling. How could they get this? It's like, oh, by us loving them and us yeah. doing good yeah. and us praying and us lending and us being merciful. Like, not that it, like God does the saving, but there's something in this that we get to bring that hope if we really believe it to be true and that's why this is so nuanced and complicated because it's all connected together that the hope in our world for people who have built their foundation on something else is only jesus yeah. and the way by which that message goes out is through jesus's people who have already affirmed that their foundation is built on him so there is a real urgency that we start participating in the doing yeah. so that other people can start participating in the receiving hmm. that we're just missing right now and so just yeah. hear that and go oh, i don't want that for people because they do answer this question and go i don't have anything in my life yeah right worth living for right. yeah so but you can yeah. right like that's the hope is that people and things this is something you said things and people will fail you christ is the only foundation that we can build our life upon and that and that can bring hope in a hopeless situation mm -hmm. and you may not fully understand it all at once like if you're in a, a you know a pretty desperate situation that might be hard to hear and receive but man if there's anything we can do as a church yeah. please don't be afraid to reach out to us contact us by any means email contact us through the website you can text us 610-869-2140 um that's pretty much all that i had um, Questions-wise, was there anything else that you wanted to, to talk yeah, about? Yeah, let me be harsh, a little bit more blunt as we wrap up here. Because I, I sincerely love you, care for you, want you to experience all that God has for you. And why, as a church, Christian Life Center, we want to facilitate opportunities to do good and love and be merciful and pray and land. What I want to be clear here is 
Jesus is talking specifically to religious people, and he's talking personally about their own homes, yeah, not their synagogue, right? Yeah. And so while we don't always do the best job of helping everybody assimilate and connect, and boy, do we want to, and try to create ways by which we can do those things. What I, what I just want to make sure is impressed on you as someone who loves you and wants good for you is what Jesus is talking about here is your house. In your foundation, which, which, which is your responsibility, hmm. right? At some point, Jesus is communicating to people, and they have to make a decision. They go, "This is my house. Hmm. This is this is my foundation. Therefore, these things are my responsibility. You can do it. We can help. Boy, do we want to help! But at some point, the call is for you to go. I want to hear these words and do what they say. And if no one else is going to do it, if my parents aren't going to do it, if my grandparents aren't going to do it, if my church isn't even going to do it, my small group not going to even do it, whatever that is. My boss isn't going to do it. There comes a responsibility. Go, it's your house. It's your foundation, right? That it's your responsibility. And so, just want to kind of call you to that personal level of ownership because he's your Lord, or he's not. And so, there's a responsibility that you say yes and not no. Not that we say yes on your behalf. This is a personal thing, and I certainly hope that you and your spouse, be able to those or kids, that you kind of go. What is our responsibility in the kingdom? Like, how do we build our foundation? What is God calling us to do? And I promise you it starts with this list. But how do we actually do these things in our world and in our community? It's your house, your foundation, your responsibility. But we are here to help you. And we are here to pick you up when you fall and falter and struggle. That's the beauty of the church. But it is your house, your foundation, your responsibility. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today. We really hope that this is something that challenges and encourages you. As always, if you have any questions about this overtime, the last message, upcoming messages, please let us know. You can email us at overtime at clcfamily.church or text us 610-869-2140. We'd love to have questions. And thank you. Today we had our first live participation. Great so, job. Was it so Mag? Thanks, Is Mag. that sure from Maggie? Or? Yeah. Thank and you. she said happy birthday too. So oh, happy birthday, Josh. That's thanks awesome. for spending time on your birthday doing this. And we hope that you have a blessed week and we will see you around. Don't yeah. forget new series. Oh, 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 oh,